Good morning, church. How are you today? God is good. Come on, do we have a happy church this morning? God is good. And all the time. Hallelujah. Uh, Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning that you are in this place. Thank you that you are not only in this place, but you are awesome in this place. And you are being worshipped in this place. For this is your home, this is your place, this is your church, and we are your people. We thank you, Lord, for this is the day for sure, Lord, that you have made, so that we rejoice in it as we worship you, as we share your word, and as we baptize today in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, mighty God and King, that as I preach or share your word, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you explain it to each and every heart that is seated in this place right now and everyone who's listening online. I pray for the spirit of revelation. I pray that you support your word with power in the mighty name of Jesus. And the word that is continuously being preached by Mark, Joe, Jody, and many other leaders in this church. I pray that let your word bring forth fruit in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you that this word, as it is being preached, it's not falling on thorns, but it's falling on a fertile ground, on a fertile ground, and it will bring forth fruit. In the mighty name of Jesus, I stand against any form of barrier or any mental thoughts or anything that wants to put limitations to the understanding and the works of the Holy Spirit in this church. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As we are singing, God, that let every high thing come down and let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. In the mighty name of Jesus Here we are, God, this morning as Christ Central. We give our hearts to you. We open our hearts to you. Do something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has conceived. For you are an amazing God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am just your servant. I decrease and I invite you to increase, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah, church. I just felt like preaching through prayer. It can be done. Let's not get used to God. And just preach through prayer and pray for the next 30 minutes or whatever time I have. And then we say amen, and then the church is done. Hallelujah. So um, this time around, I'm trying to follow through with what has been happening Uh, preaching in the book of Acts. I really like the book of Acts. I think I've read it maybe two times and finished it. And every time I read it, it still feels very, very new. It's a a powerful book uh, that talks about the Acts. You know, it happens Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John after Jesus had left. And then the book of Acts comes to talk about, to show expressly the works of the Holy Spirit. So the title of my message today is called Works or the Works 
of the Holy Spirit. So I usually laugh at myself many times whenever I try to put titles in, in my sermons. They always become, it's quite fascinating. Sometimes I have to be corrected with the English, so I like it though. But I want us to talk about uh, the works of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but allow me to thank God for this opportunity to share his word. Uh, thank the leadership of this church. Thank my family and thank you all wonderful people who continue to listen to me too as I share. This is my third time I've been invited to share. Uh, I thank God for that and I don't take it uh, for granted. I also want to congratulate all the graduates uh, that have graduated. Let's give them a round of applause. Well done, guys. We're proud of you. And keep shining, keep going higher. And I also want to bring this uh, brief message of encouragement, encouragement for all those who are getting baptized today. I want to say to you, you have made one of the best decisions in your life. Don't ever feel bad. Don't ever feel, oh, you have done anything wrong. You have made the best decision. And then I want to encourage somebody who's still not decided whether you're going to baptize or not, that this is one of the best decisions you will ever make in your life. I was baptized maybe 15 years ago, and ever since that time, I've looked forward, and I want to continue to look forward, and I want to continue going with God, because Christ in me and the hope of glory. Hallelujah. So my, the title of my sermon is called The Works of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take our reading uh, from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 9, verse 32 to 43. Uh, I see that it's not projected yet there, so I'll quickly try to read it from my Bible here. So, now Peter went here and there among them all. He came down to all the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named An Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lida and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. And then when you go to verse 36, Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. And in those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in the upper room. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. When he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the windows, all the, sorry, all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing, and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up, and, she, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints 
and the widows, he presented their life. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord, and he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon and Tena. A tenor. Right. So, as we read through this uh, part section of the scripture or chapter nine, it's it's quite an interesting uh, uh, part of the of the book too, because it brings some really amazing works of of the disciples of Jesus, and one of them here is Peter. So we're seeing uh, Dorcas being raised to life. We're seeing also Enias being healed. After, years, after eight years of paralysis. So I came to us today as a, as a church to say, the same God who worked these miracles during those times of Peter and other disciples is the same God who lives today at Christ Central. That's why I want us to talk about the works of the Holy Spirit. Why the works of the Holy Spirit? When Jesus... In fact, let me start here. When Jesus came on earth, the heavens opened up, and God said, when Jesus was being baptized, the heavens opened up, and God said, this is my beloved son, by whom I am well pleased. And then we see Jesus doing all his works between the time between explained in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, which we call the books of the Gospels. After that, Jesus finished his mission after he had finished his meeting, mission in the, on earth, he said, I am not going to leave you alone. Hello, church, are we there? Yeah. He said, I am going to leave you with the what? With the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Can you just tell your neighbor, say all things. Yeah. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is our comforter, you know? So we're living in the dispensation or we're living in the Holy Spirit season or you are living in the Holy Spirit edge. I don't think you never, if you hear church saying we saw Jesus walking down, that would be interesting. But we're living in the time where the Holy Spirit lives in all of us here. And as such, as a church of God, we must experience and see the works of God being manifested in us. So I want to encourage us as a church that let us not be ignorant of the Holy Spirit and the works that he can do for the church. Right? He can work through us. He can work wonders in our church only if we begin to pay attention to him. I'm reminded quickly of a story when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples at some point, when they were sailing through a storm. You know when there was a storm when they were, when they were in the sea, right? The, the disciples tried everything. But they fought, and and it, it's so interesting how Jesus just slept. It shows that he's the king of kings, right? He slept through the storm. I know right now if I, uh, if I say to my wife, there's a spider here, She's at the back there. You might see her running to the door. That's how scared of, 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 of uh, that's how scared she is of spiders. And for me, if you say there are snakes, I might be preaching on the door there, ready to get out. <laughs> Hello, church. Are we there? I'm sure there is something that each one of us is scared of. But Jesus slept through the storm, showing that he's the King of Kings. 
And the man, the disciples tried everything until somebody decided to say, hey, master, we are perishing. And then Jesus stood up and calmed the storm. This is what God is calling Christ Central to do, that we rise up and say, Holy Spirit, we are here. Use us. Hello, church? We are, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so encouraged because our leaders are doing their, are, are doing their best. We are, they brought this book on purpose for a time so that the church wakes up. So when the disciples called upon Jesus, he woke up and the storm calmed down. And today, I'm saying to us as a church, we need to say, Holy Spirit, we are here. We are here for you. Use us. There are very different giftings that we have as a church that can bring a transformation to the church. And one of the giftings that we saw being manifested here was a gift of healing. God can heal. So this is the first work I want to talk about. God can bring healing to the church. I know many of us might have said, oh, we have prayed for so many years. We have fasted. We have done this. We have never seen any healing taking place. Let me tell you, the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God. You might have been sick. You might have been sick for so many years or 20 years, or you might have accepted a certain sickness and say, oh, it runs in the family. But let me tell you, when we start raising our level of faith and believing God, God can heal us. Hello? Hello, church, are we there? Yeah. I want us to be a people of faith. I want us to trust God. I want us to push ourselves, encourage ourselves to believe in God. So I believe God can heal any condition, any sickness, anything, anyhow. All, God want, all that we need to do is to say, here we are, God. Avail ourselves. I know some of us might have prayed and said, oh, we have done this, we have gone to these conferences. The Bible says this man was bedridden for eight years, and only Peter came and said, in Jesus Christ's name, rise up and walk. And then he rose up and he walked. That same God who is no respecter of persons, you know, sometimes we as people of the world, we choose ourselves against maybe in accordance to skin color, where are you from, and blah, blah, blah. But God is no respecter of persons. God loves us equally. So if he could do it through Peter, he could do it, he can do it through Joe. He can do it through Santiago. He can do it through Ben. He can do it through anyone. But you need to avail yourself and say, yeah, my master, use me. And, and as, 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 um, as, as it has already been mentioned, God cannot, on, he can heal us physically, but God can also heal us emotionally. That is the works of the Holy Spirit. Right now, as a country, we are going through a situation. I haven't read much about it. I'm still learning the history. But I heard about, the, the, as, as Gary was even praying about it, about the bones of two, 250 children that were discovered, you know, it, it, it can wreck us emotionally. We can feel hopeless if we just look at that situation with our physical eye and our mental strength. 
But it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can get healed. And whoever is related, or maybe as people trace, especially from the indigenous community, it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that they can undergo that healing therapy. Hello, church? I don't know whether I'm explaining it well here. But I want to say that God can heal us emotionally. You know, there are situations sometimes in life that we go through that bring down our confidence, that make us feel, get so ahead, and sometimes we feel vengeful, or we feel, oh, I will never forget this, uh, forgive this person. But it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can get healed. I don't know what kind of situations people experience here, but I remember growing up in Zimbabwe, I've had people, my friends, family members, colleagues, classmates, all works of life, people that have hurt me. And every time I went to church and I tried to raise my hand to worship, God brings those people. They start coming into my face. Forgive, forgive, heal. It was so hard. I had every reason to say, but that person did something wrong to me. I have every right to go and punch them right now. But the minute I said, oh, God, you're awesome, he brings those people. Like, God, why do you do this? Why do you do this? And God healed me emotionally. That same God can do it in this church. I don't know what are the, some of the things that we have been struggling in with that are holding our hearts, that are holding our minds. But let me tell you, as you unveil yourself through the Holy, to, the, to the Holy Spirit, He can heal you. The second thing I would like to talk about is restoration. This one takes a higher faith. You know, Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. Hello, church. How many of us, if I, as I'm preaching right now, if I drop dead, how many of us will, oh, call 911. How many of us will come and say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk? Hello, show me. Let me see. One, two, three, four. I, I like you because you're a very honest church. The rest of the church will go for 911. But, but let's try God. Let's try God. That is how faith works. If you have never prayed for somebody to be healed, don't say our church, in our church there is no healing. If you have never prayed maybe for a dead person to rise from the dead, then don't say God, this God does not raise people from the dead. You need to take a step of faith. I have prayed for people, some who were like in dire conditions, you know, where in a critical conditions, and I always maintain the attitude of faith. Whether they die afterwards or they live, I still pray for them. Why? Because I believed, I believed that the same God who used Peter to raise Dorcas from the dead, that same God can do the same works in me. The question is, do you believe? I know sometimes we put a lot of barriers and the church has a lot of barriers nowadays. There's a lot of steps. Sometimes it kind of like hinders. We appreciate the order. We appreciate things being clearly defined. But it's also wise to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Hello, church? 
Hello? Yes. So we need to pray for the dead. And they rise up in the name of Jesus. I, I have, I, uh, when I was, during my early days, uh, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, my friends and I would go to the hospitals. Hospitals. I know in here it's different, but in Zimbabwe, you know, we'd go maybe visiting somebody. And then I would start moving. I like when we, what was said when we were praying about Kinyanga. I, I do that. It seems like it would be an African thing. We started moving around the hospitals and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. So that the nurses don't see you. <laughs> I do that. And then at some point, I once got injured when I was doing athletics sometime when I was in high school. And I was admitted in a ward with these people that were in the casual ward. And I mo every time I moved around praying for them, be healed in Jesus' name, while I was still needing healing myself. Hello, church. As we unveil ourselves, the more we see the capacity of the Holy Spirit. But if we stay in our small, limited places, we will remain like this as Christ Central. And we will think that no, God is not is in this place. You know, Peter fights, uh, uh, fights with, takes a stone rather, sleeps on it, and then he sees the angels going up and down and says, oh, God is in this place, and I was not away. God is in this place, church. But we need to step out and say, hi, God, I'm here, use me. So you realize that our, our leaders or our pastors, as I would like to call them, though they don't like being called that, but I'll call them, they, they, they should not possess all the giftings. It, it, it doesn't say so in the, that the pastor should have the gift for healing. And the giftings are within us as a church. And we need to step out. Pray for the people that are sick. I, I, I once worked for, 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 for Air Canada at some point. And then, uh, maybe let me not use this example. I will just pass it on. Let me just leave it there. I was about to say something. Let me just leave in case Air Canada comes against me. I'll leave it for now. Right. So the other thing that God can do through restoration is that God can restore us things that we have lost in life. I try not to touch some sensitive things, but you, you know, we, there are so many things that people lose in life. You can lose friends, you can lose family, you can lose, I mean, not people dying, but things not going down well. And some things just wreck you emotionally. And I want to say, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can get restored. Let me share my quick testimony. I can share with this. I didn't talk to my father, but we are best friends now. It's okay. I stayed. I grew up my entire teenage year. I never grew up with my father. I never saw him until maybe I was about 18 years. The only part I used to see my father was through pictures or maybe once in a while when he called, I hear his voice. I never saw him physically for 18 years. And it was so hard. It was so painful. Maybe this, thing, this type of thing doesn't happen in Canada, but in Africa where I come from, it happens, where some children grow without their fathers. And sometimes when your life is like that, you feel, oh, my life is already judged and sealed. This is what I'm going to be. I'm going to grow up as an emotionally wrecked person. I'm probably going to have a child 
that will not have their father, you know, it becomes a chain reaction. But thank to God, thank to the salvation. That's why I was encouraging you people that are getting baptized, that you are making a very wise decision. You know, so, and then during that time I got served. And like I was telling you, God healed my heart. God restored me. I remember when my father came after 18 years, visited. I used to stay with my grandparents. When he visited, the only thing I did was like, oh, dad, I went there and gave him a hug. How many of us could do that? I'm sure some of you will be like, what are you doing here? You, 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 be, you would have prepared a lot of words to say to him. But at, moment, at, at that time, I felt like, am I being foolish or is there something wrong? But I realized that I had accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. And he had healed me emotionally. And when I look back now, we are, we are best of friends. We talk now. We chat. But something happened. And then God restored. I'm a father now. And I'm there for my children. And I pray that I continue to be there for my children. In Jesus' name. This is the kind of the works that the Holy Spirit does. He restores. The Bible in Joel 2 verse 28, it says, and God will restore, you know, those years, things that were eaten by the locust, God will bring a restoration. I don't know what kind of a situation you have gone through, what restoration do you want in your life? But let me tell you, as you unveil yourself to the Holy Spirit and say, fill me, Holy Spirit, he brings restoration on top of the healing. And then the third thing I want to talk about is salvation. I liked it when I was reading through the scripture. It says, even after, after Aeneas was healed, it says, and many believed in God. And then it says, and many turned to God. So when we were praying uh, in tech meeting last week, uh, Gary mentioned something that touched my heart. He said, we are the workers. Let's do the work. So one of the works of the Holy Spirit it does is that it brings salvation in the church. It brings people who are getting saved, people who are giving their lives to Christ, you know, which is one of our core things that as a church we should be doing. And we, as Gary mentioned, we are the workers. We should be doing the works. And there's a various ways we can do the works. You know, if you look at what Dorcas did, Dorcas used to do a lot of charitable works. And I'm so inspired that the church has that kind of vision. Great job to the leadership. You know, so Dorcas used to do that kind of charitable works. And many people loved her. That's why when she even, when she died, many people were crying that she comes back. You can imagine how many people she had won to God. Let me ask you a question. What are we, what are you doing as an individual in terms of propagating or bringing people to the house of God? I know it might be difficult. It's not the same for, as from where I come from, where we can go on the streets and start preaching to people to come to God. But let people see something in you. Do you know when somebody has the Holy Spirit in them, you can see them. The way you conduct yourself at work, the way you conduct yourself at home, the people you interact, people can see that there is something of God in you. 
Why? The Bible says, Christ in me and the hope of glory. And you know, some people might even be now rejecting God and, and looking down at the church. But the minute they look at your life, because there's the Holy Spirit inside of you, they see that there is light. The Bible says a city set on a hill cannot be hid. You know, they, they begin to see that there's some salt in you. There's some taste in you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. And as a result, people get saved. And as a result, you find people coming to church. There are people, there are my friends that I used to talk to, growing to, growing with, that used not to believe in God. When they started seeing my life, after I was saved, they turned to God. Some of them just called me, I'm going with you to church today, without even me preaching to them. Why? They see that. So as a church, this is one of the works that the Holy Spirit does, bringing salvation. And also let's remember, we are the workers. Let's do the work of God. And then the fourth thing, which is my last thing that I want to talk about is the legacy. You know, Dockers, if you read the Bible, it says Dockers used to make tunics, everything for people around, you know. She left a legacy. I want to ask us as a church, what kind of legacy are we leaving behind? As a church, how are we impacting the community? As individuals, how are you impacting the people around you? As a family, how are you impacting your neighbors? We must leave the legacy. And this is one of the works of the Holy Spirit that we see here, uh, that, uh, that are shown in this part of the scripture. Uh, we see Dockers being loved by the people around here. We see, uh, now I've been talking to a lot of people. The minute you mention the name Trump, you get interesting feelings. People go like, like, okay, maybe that's his legacy that he has left. I'm not talking politics, in case you like Trump. I'm not trying to say I hate or like him. No, I'm not talking about that. But that's the kind of legacy. You know, the minute we bring the name Hitler, what comes into your mind? We as the children of God, as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we begin to live a legacy. When people look at you, let them see something in you. Let them benefit from you. I know we're talking of COVID, a lot has changed, but God is inviting us to leave a legacy for our children, for our neighbors, for our families, everywhere we go. Let somebody, when, when, situ when things get tight, let people say, but there's that man called Ben, you know? You know, let, let, let people say this, that person there, there's that person. Why? Because you would have left a legacy. And this is one of the works of the Holy Spirit. I want to end with this. When I finished uh, preaching, uh, last time I preached, some months ago, uh, Rebecca, I think Rebecca Jackshaw, Kara's friend, came and talked to me. She said to me, she attended a conference one day, and one of the people there told them this powerful statement. I might not have captured correctly. But she said, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that will destroy the church, that is, if we live to see the church being destroyed, if it happens during our time, it's not persecution, no, but it's complacence 
and zero love for Jesus. And I'm saying to us as Christ Central, let's revive that love for God. Let us be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us do His works. Let God arise in this church. Let His enemies be scattered. Hallelujah, church.